This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. This episode of This Week in Wealth is sponsored by Alpha Wealth Group. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered advisor, WGN Radio, and RWA are not affiliated. Here's WGN Radio's Elise Glink and Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm a WGN Radio talk show host, financial journalist, and CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group based in Oak Brook Terrace. Hey, if you want to talk to us or ask Tom a question, give us a call, 630-934-1855, or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, it feels like many of my friends, some are a little older than me, are becoming new grandparents, and they're asking what kinds of financial moves they can make or should make to ease the burden on their kids because... As we all know, kids and, of course, grandkids are really expensive. And so, you know, I've got some ideas about this, but I wanted to hear what you're thinking about, you know, what kinds of short-term and long-term help grandparents should be thinking about when it comes to the idea of easing a financial burden on their kids now, but also in the future, because as we all know, as kids age, those expenses grow as well. Mm -hmm. Well, let's start with um, just understanding the gift tax laws which are 16000 per person per year. So, in other words, if there's grandparents, two people, they can each get sixteen. that's 32000 to each person, which I'm guessing in most cases is going to be okay, but I just want to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> most that's people true. I'll tell it to, let's say, well, look, I'm not giving more than thirty. That's okay. That's enough. But to gift 100000 to somebody, which I'm all for that, I'll get in line, but technically there are gift tax laws. We don't need to get into that today, but I just wanted to clarify it's 16000 per person per year, and usually that's not an, an issue. But giving, as far as ideas, well, you know, you asked about short term and long term, so I guess we can approach it this way, and then you can tell me your thoughts. You know, short term, or I should say things that you can do now, maybe if they're younger, and I think you're a fan of them, you know, 529s, I think, mm-hmm. are. Always, I'm. You know, it's interesting. You hear different opinions on this, but it's like, why would it be bad to put money aside for college that grows tax free and that is tax free for qualified higher education? You can change beneficiaries. There's a lot of flexibility. I'm a fan of 529s, so that's one. I'm a little um, not so much on the upmas or the ugmas because they technically get it at age of majority. You know, so just rather than, obviously there's the always, hey, I can cut a check or I can just pay for tuition if they're going to a private school or things like that right out of, you can do those things right out of the gates, but also to set things up that I think for investment purposes, those are things that can be done. You know, we can talk a little bit more about Roth IRAs. Those are longer term and certainly if we even want to segue into longer, longer term is having an estate plan to make sure the assets flow to those those loved ones as yeah well. and those are all really excellent suggestions and yes i completely agree that a 529 plan is a nice a nice thing to do and you know i've had people come back and say to me well i spent all this time and money putting money into my 529 plan for my kids and now my grand you know my parents the grandparents have said they're going to step up and actually just pay the tuition part of that exactly so i'm going to have all this money left over now what do i do 
and you know, if you're out of kids, right? Because as you pointed out, you can always switch <laughs> the beneficiary. But at some point in time, you're going to run out of children, or you've got the same you know issue for yeah. all of them, right? Right now, that money sits there and it grows and grows and grows and it passes down. And you, you know, if nobody needs it for grad school, so many people are going to graduate school these days. Um, it'll pass down to their children, and what an amazing gift yeah. to have that money grow for forty years until their, your, you know, your great grandchildren, the great grandchildren, are ready to use it. Yeah, I think it's like I said. I, I, I think the five twenty nines are a great plan, and yeah, well, you have to pay tax and penalties if you withdraw it. If, if push comes to shove, and you, there's no other use for it, but we know what tuition rates are today, so. <laughs> Yeah, More than likely, not. you're not going to run out of money, uh, run through it. You know, it's, you're going to use it. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, they're not. It's not going down. I also love the idea of using sort of the gift tax law. Um, a lot of people. That's a great way to help somebody. You know, if your kids want to buy a house and they want to get to twenty percent, so they don't need. Um, to take out uh, private mortgage insurance, right, mm-hmm. which is outrageously expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, interest rates are now pushing 6%. I mean, it's just crazy how high they're getting. And you've got home prices, which have gone up. They've jumped dramatically over the last couple of years. And if you live in the southeast, and Chicago's kind of been spared a little bit, not from the interest rate hikes, but from the amount of the property appreciation. But if you're trying to buy... Anywhere in the south or southeast, it, it's going to require 40% more income this year than last year to buy mm-hmm. that house. So, you know, using that 16000 per person gift, which, you know, if there's three people in the family, you know, spouse, partner, you know, spouse, kid, basically you're able to give them 100000 mm-hmm. That's a nice way to get to your down sure. payment over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. But... You can also structure some other gifts. What do you think about parents who act as the bank for their kids taking out a, a loan and then they can forgive part of that loan every year? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's got everybody's situation is unique. And so these are good ways to structure. And I think it's good from a discipline standpoint, you know, as far as creating some discipline and paying back and having a loan and understanding. And then it benefits everybody as opposed to an outright gift. I think those are, are good things that uh, can be done. So there's just one other thing I mentioned, too, without, again, we don't have to go off on this, but you can exceed the gift tax or gift amounts if you really want to give a lot. You, you can effectively give away part of your exemption today. It's, it's There's a lifetime exclusion. But anyway, if, if it's really necessary to go beyond that amount, that can be done as well. And there's a good argument for that, right? If you're, yeah. you know, if you've got your lifetime exemption now is like $12 million 600 but it's going to change mm-hmm. uh it's scheduled it to change i should say in 2025 i don't know if it actually will it's going to depend who gets elected i suppose but mm-hmm. um that you know if you're giving away an extra let's say your kids want to buy a million dollar house which by the way just doesn't go as far <laughs> as it used to <laughs> we can talk about that some other day uh, i'm so naive i can't believe these things yeah yeah, it's, it's hard to believe everybody's got a, you know, doesn't have a million yeah. dollar house these days, right? So, but if you're doing that and you want to put down 20%, that's $200,000 cash. A lot of young people have trouble putting that together, kind of money together, right? Mm-hmm. And so that may be a very acceptable use for it. I, we have to take a break, but you know, when we come back, I want to just carry this out a little bit further and talk about some of the estate planning that people do because. Okay. You know, parents who, you know, if you are lucky enough to have your grandparents with you until you're, 
I don't know, until they're in their 80s, 90s, or 100s, um, that's one thing. But if you're like me, where your father died very suddenly when he was 49, um, that also happens. And so preparing for those kinds of um, things and how you want that cash to pass down or how you want the estates to function, I think is something, you know, we could talk about as well. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about estates and um, how you might want to think about gifting the next couple of generations. Uh, Stay tuned to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink, founder and CEO of Best Money Moves, and I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of Alpha Wealth Group, and we're still talking about your money. Actually, what we're talking about this week is how you can help your children and grandchildren um, as life is getting much more expensive. If you've got a question for Tom or you want to work on your estate, 630-934-1855, or you just want some advice on this sort of thing, you can go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, you know, as we're talking about passing down wealth, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. as I said just before the break, my father died at 49, but a lot of times, you know, my mother-in-law died at 70. People die well before they're 119 years old, which is the age of the oldest woman in France, and she just recently died. But, you know, you have to plan for the other side of it as well. And if you've got some specific ideas on how you want to help your children at various stages of their life, I think there's some things that you should be able to do with your estate, with investments, with different kinds of trusts mm-hmm. that I think would allow somebody to parcel out finances or money or help at mm-hmm. the times when their kids need it most. And I think about this example, I have a very close friend and her parents divorced, but when her mom died, she left her three kids money at different stages of their lives. She said, you, you know, you probably are going to want it all now, but I'm leaving you some at 35 and some at 45 and the rest at age 55 because I know that there are expenses you're going to face mm-hmm. and you're going to need some help from me and this is my way of giving it at different times. What do you think of something like that? Well, I think certainly, you know, when you set up a trust and that's really what we're talking about, you know, I've may, I may have made the comment before. You know, I worked with an attorney, and we have attorneys here that do the estate plan. I've been doing this for a long time, who said, if you have a bank account and a home, you should have a trust. I agree with that statement because trusts, you know, survive you. Trusts don't die. Trusts don't get sick, so they don't go to probate. So this is important. <laughs> this is a very important part of your plan, right? Yeah. Critical. You should, you know, there's almost no exceptions where you, there's why you wouldn't want to have a trust in place where you title the assets to the trust and so on. And so, yeah, you're getting to a point where, the assets can flow to the to the children or grandchildren, which sometimes referred to as free from trust immediately. Well, in some most cases, you it does make sense to put an age on there, and it's not to spite the children; it's to protect them. And it's I can't tell you how many people I've come across. I had a client who was was well off himself and said, "My father left me money. I wish he would have put some stipulations on it. Was gone. He was young." So yeah, those are that makes sense, and that's the beauty of a trust. You can you can set up the distribution to say, hey, I want them to get a certain amount at this time. I want to get a certain amount at this time. If a child predeceases me, their share goes to their children or my grandchildren at a certain age. And so this again is is so critical to you know we talked to Elise about hey during the lifetime can I gift to them yes can I pay for college sure can I contribute to a five twenty nine can I put money in a Roth 
for their future. Yeah. And then you can also, so you can do all of these things in addition to to saying, okay, also, how do I have the estate that I've worked so hard to grow, make sure that it goes to my children and grandchildren in the most efficient manner. And so these pieces can be, again, all done. They're not exclusive to each other. And so, you know, we talked about gifting up to 16,000 per person per year, which is the allowable amount. Some people will go, I'll give you an idea. You can set up irrevocable trusts separate from your original revocable. You could buy a life insurance policy and gift to the children to pay the life insurance policy. Life insurance passes tax-free, and if it's in an irrevocable trust, a state tax-free. Mm. So there are ways to, I'm going to say, I'm going to leverage this. I'm going to go buy a, you know, whatever it might be, a $2 million life insurance policy. I'm going to fund it through gifting to my children. And guess what? They're going to get this significant amount of money, completely income and a state tax-free. So there's so many things you can do. So I think that that's so interesting, and I think people don't realize that there are these little nuances in tax law that really can help you with these kinds of life gifts. And I, you know, I think that people just underestimate the power of the dollar in a lot of ways, and things mm-hmm. that happen that you know whether you're give you know you've got a hundred million or you've got ten million or you even have you know one or two million that there are things that you can do that are really helpful and can maximize the amount that you're leaving behind. Mm-hmm. And again, leaving behind at certain periods of time. I, you know, I'm thinking about a friend who sold a business mm-hmm. and that business had, you know, a huge amount of money and they divided it in four. There were three kids and the parents, each one got a quarter of the proceeds, the way that they had structured the ownership. And then one of the kids died without a spouse or, or kid, you know, grandchildren. And so now there were just three of them. And, you know, the money sort of flowed directly. So they were smart about how they originally thought it through. But then the money flowed directly to the two kids. Mm-hmm. And they were too young. They just, they kind of blew it with mm-hmm. the investments. And they still mm-hmm. have some, they've got some left, but nowhere near what they had because mm-hmm. there was nobody there to help guide them making those decisions when they were in their 20s. Yeah, and again, that's the benefit. You know, all of these things can be accomplished, and that's one of the, again, the benefit of a trust is the assets can be set aside for the benefit of your children. You can have different trustees or successor trustees that will run it, whether it's a brother or a sister, someone, or, or you can have co-trustees, not suggesting that, but whoever it may be, but they can run the trust for the benefit of the children and the grandchildren, and then that's the way it can be set up. So now the money can be invested for them. It continue to grow. It can be paid out over time to take care of their the things they need throughout their life, pay for education, pay for health care, pay for whatever it might be, and then they can get it in seg- you know portions throughout their life. I mean, it, so yeah, there can again family dynamics are unique with every family, but yeah. all of these things can be done the way you want them. There's no perfect plan, but certainly if you don't put these things in place, you, the things you may want to have happen may not. So it's important. Right. It's, this is another piece of the just one piece of all of these things that we talk about at least. Well, I want to just switch. We have a few minutes left, <clears throat> and I want to just switch gears for a moment. So. As of May 1st last week, I-bonds actually jumped up even higher than you and I thought they were going to go. I think the rate is going to be 9.6% starting Mm -hmm. this month for the quarter. And the stipulations, uh, there's some stipulations, right? Uh, Investments, you can invest up to, I think, 10,000 per social security number. You can't cash them in for the first 12 months. You can buy them directly online. Boy, 9.6%. Sounds awfully good to me, even if I only get it for three months. What do you think about I bonds 
and you know what we should do right now with those. Should everybody just go online and set up an account and buy I bonds? I almost want to say yes. Period. That's it. There's my answer. <laughs> no, but, I mean, you <laughs> you're getting nine point six. Look, I, it's interesting because sometimes when I talk about Roth IRA contributions, I say, "Well, all I can do is seven thousand. That's it." Okay, but that seven thousand that is sitting in a bank that now can grow tax free. Why would you leave it there? So for those that can do this, and it doesn't have to be ten thousand, even if it's five thousand. Why would you not take advantage of money that's sitting there, which is getting, as we like to said, have said before, at least a negative real rate of return, in, and put that money in something like this that can get, right now, 9.6 for the next six months. Wow. I just, I, you know, so the short answer is, yeah, I think most, most people would want to do it. And treasurydirect.gov is a great site. Yeah, it is a great site. And then you additionally can buy $5,000 more of bonds, of I-bonds, using a federal tax refund if you're getting one. Now, I don't ever want people to get a refund because, mm-hmm. you know, why would you let the government have that money without, you know, paying interest on it? But you can, if you're getting it back, flip that $5,000 into I-bonds, right? Correct. Yep. So there's a couple okay. ways to get money into it. So this is a short conversation because we want you to go and do this. <laughs> so treasury, treasurydirect.gov you have to set up the account. The account can take a couple of weeks to actually go through. It may not be instantaneous, but it's um, really important to have. And also understand that these this rate, while it's good for six months, is it, Tom? Yes. Yeah. It, it does fluctuate based on inflation. So it's been as low as 0% for six months in 2015, but it's gone as high as 10 and 10.85% if you bought I-bonds in 2000. And then what happens afterwards? Like, so let's say the first six months are nine point six percent. Then what happens? They readjust, right? How does that work? Correct. Tom? Right. So for there's a new interest rate that's declared for the next six months, and so yeah, it could go down. I don't foresee much of that. I mean, it could go down a little bit, but again, based on interest rates today, I don't see where this can be. You want to read. By the way, there's instructions and direct. It's like why I say it's a great site. It explains all of, like the ten thousand amount, the amount you can put in ten thousand that you need to hold it for at least a year. If you after a year, if you you liquidate it, there's a three month penalty on interest. But you made nine percent over the around that time, so you're still way ahead of the game. So again, read those limitations or or rules, I should say. But uh, more more, I mean, it far outweighs the benefits. I believe my opinion the benefits far outweigh any of the restrictions. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's a good thing to do and, and that we're just going to leave it at that. It's a good thing to do. (laughs) Treasurydirect.gov, 9.6%. And here we are out of time again. So if you, if you want, I know it's so fast. I always love talking to you, Tom. If you've got a question for Tom, if you want to have a conversation with him, alphawealthgroup.com. And uh, we'll be back again next week for another edition. Please call and let us know that you've bought your I-bonds. And uh, until then, Tom, have a great week. You too. <laughs> All right. See you, everybody. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or 
or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois.